Bethel Homecoming 2022. And it's an exciting time where we get to celebrate all that God has done. But today, uh, I'm going to return to a common refrain at Homecoming, and that is to celebrate where we're headed. Amen. It's such a blessing to think about heaven. I bet you can only imagine. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. You know, the 19th century preacher Thomas Guthrie wrote this to believers. He said, if you find yourself loving any pleasure more than your prayers, if you find yourself loving any book more than the Bible, if you find yourself loving any house more than the house of the Lord, if you find yourself loving any person more than you do Jesus Christ, and if you find yourself having any hope more than the hope of heaven, be alarmed. Be alarmed. Too many Christians seem to love what this world offers more than they love the prospect of heaven. And that should set off an alarm in your heart. But how does this happen? How does the love for the world overcome the love we have for the prospect of heaven? Well, you've heard it said, out of sight, out of mind. And I think that that's appropriate for the prospect of heaven as well. Because we can't see heaven. The only way to keep our mind's eyes open is to read and to reread the truths about heaven that we find in God's word. If you want to know where you're headed, if you want to know what it's going to be like, read and reread the truths of heaven you find in God's word. I mean, isn't the best way to get your questions answered about heaven than to hear directly from the one who sits on the throne of heaven? So let us hear from God when it comes to our questions being answered. In today's message, friends, I'm not going to attempt to answer all your questions about heaven, but I do want to look to answer one specific question, and that is this. Why is heaven such an important place for we Christians? Everyone has heard, and you may even have used this expression, Oh, that's heavenly. And while that's just a figure of speech, and I get that, that is a pretty casual comment about a place that is so incredibly biblically serious. We need to know where we're going, why we're going there, and how we can be sure we're going. Heaven is the eternal home of the Christian. So we should want to know all there is to know about this incredible, serious, and wonderful place. 
I read about a fifth grade Sunday school teacher who asked her kids, how does one get to heaven? Well, the teacher got all correct answers. They said, well, you, you, you don't get there by being good. The kids said, well, you don't get there by giving away money. You don't get there by being a nice person. And so the teacher said, well, okay, how do you get there then? And then one visiting student said, well, you got to be dead. <laughs> Boom. Amen. That's true, isn't it? Unless Jesus returns to take us off the face of this earth, we're going to have to die in order to get to heaven. Now, worldwide, two people die every second. That's 151,000 people a day. 151,000 people per day who are dying and either going to heaven or going to hell. In America, one poll found that 82% of people believe in heaven. And 63% of people believe that they're headed there. But I think you would agree with me that it's probably not true that that many people are headed there. But here's what is true, my friend. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse 11, that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. God has put eternity into the very being, knitted into the very essence of who we are. He has placed this concept of where we're going to spend eternity. So the problem is that people are increasingly seeking an earthly heaven as opposed to a biblical heaven. And in the Bible, we find that heaven is a repeated theme. Repeated over 500 times. Sadly, while this heavenly subject is often read about and many times discussed, it seems that the average Christian knows very little about a biblical heaven. So today, at Bethel Homecoming 2022, I want to point out three realities that the Bible speaks Three realities that the scriptures say to me and you about our home called heaven. Number one is, in reality, friend, a biblical heaven is plural. A biblical heaven is plural. Let me explain. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, Paul himself testified that he had been caught up to the third heaven, a place that he called paradise. So if Paul visited the third heaven, what does that mean? That means there's got to be a first heaven and there's got to be a second heaven, right? Let me explain. The Bible alludes to that first heaven in Isaiah chapter 55, where the Bible says, 
God spoke this through the prophet, saying, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So this first heaven is what we might call an atmospheric heaven. Amen? An atmospheric heaven. Isaiah said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, as the rain comes down from heaven. So this is obviously the atmosphere that surrounds our planet. The first heaven. Now, the Bible also refers to the second heaven. In the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 14, the Bible says that God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So if the first heaven is the atmospheric heaven, obviously the second heaven contains the sun and the moon and the planets and the stars and all those other galaxies out there. You might want to call that outer space. That's basically the second heaven, okay? But Paul addressed this third heaven. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, listen to what Paul wrote to the believers just like us. In the verse 2 of chapter 12, he said, I know a man in Christ... Who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I don't know. Whether out of the body, I don't know. But God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now that word, the original Bible word for caught up there, is the same word used in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that means raptured. So Paul says that he was raptured up to the third heaven. And he goes on to say, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but God knows how he was caught up. There we go again. Caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for man to utter. So when Paul got caught up, when he got raptured up into this third heaven, the problem is he didn't say where it was. He didn't say where he went. And it seems to me that he didn't know. He didn't know exactly where that place was. We can only assume that it was somewhere beyond our atmosphere. That it was somewhere beyond outer space. But wherever it is, here's one thing we know. It was the dwelling place of God. The dwelling place of God. Do you remember Jesus saying at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer... Our Father who art in heaven. Do you remember Jesus saying, Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Did you know that Psalm 11.4 says that the Lord's throne is in heaven? 
That is the dwelling place, my friend. The dwelling place of God. It seems clear to me that where Paul was taken, whether he was physically raptured or spiritually enlightened, the problem was he just didn't know exactly where it was. But he did know. He did know it was the Father's dwelling place and the believer's ultimate destination. So in reality, that word heaven listed here in the Bible is a plural word. But listen carefully. There's only one place that the believer can call home. And that's a place called heaven, the dwelling place of God. So heaven is a plural word in the Bible, but heaven is also a real place. At the end of our end time study, that, that study called Before the Wrath, uh, I now have a new favorite Bible passage. And it's John chapter 14, uh, verse 1 through 4. And you've heard it before, but I'm going to share it with you again. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, okay? In my Father's house, there are many mansions. In my Father's dwelling place, there are many other dwelling places. He goes on to say, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you can also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So the Lord's disciples were very troubled. They were troubled at the thought of Jesus dying. They were troubled at the thought of Jesus being buried, of Jesus being raised from the grave. They were troubled at the thought of Jesus returning to heaven without them. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus basically says, listen up, boys. Listen to me. I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. And that way, one day, you can be with me forever. You see, friends, heaven is a real place. It's a real place being prepared by Jesus Christ for all those who belong to him. Now, there's only one question that begs to be asked. Listen carefully. Do you belong to Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? See, Jesus didn't leave here to find us some heavenly place on earth. No, he left here to prepare a place for us. Where? In our Father's house. To prepare a place for us in heaven. Therefore, heaven's not a feeling. Heaven is not some emotion or point of view. Heaven is not an attitude. Heaven is not some place that we create by our own actions here on earth. No. Heaven is our Father's home. Heaven is Daddy's place. Heaven is our Father's home. A permanent and holy place where believers can dwell with Him forever. But where is it? Where exactly is it? 
Well, I've got a really profound answer for you. I don't know. And you don't either. And you know why you don't know? It's because the Bible doesn't tell us. And if the Bible doesn't tell us, then we can't know exactly where it is. However, Ephesians 4.10 does say that Christ ascended far above all the heavens. We do know that in Acts chapter 1, verse 10 records the disciples gazing up into heaven where Jesus went. So if words mean anything, Jesus went up. Somebody say amen. But here's what we can know for certainty. This third heaven, it's a real place. A real place being prepared by Jesus for real believers that's far beyond what we'll ever be able to see. And because Jesus is preparing us a place, here's something you can know for sure. And that is, heaven is going to be really precious. Heaven should be precious to the followers of Jesus Christ for one primary reason. It should be precious because Jesus is there. Heaven should be precious because your Jesus is there. Friends, I want to help you today to understand why heaven should be so precious to you. Why it should be so precious to the follower of Jesus Christ. Here are seven reasons. Number one, heaven is precious because our Redeemer is there. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24, the Bible says that Jesus Christ has entered into heaven itself. Now, to appear in the presence of God, here it comes, for us. That's where Jesus is. That's where your Redeemer is. He's appearing in the presence of God for you and I. Now, of all the beautiful descriptions of heaven that I've read and I've imagined, they all pale in comparison to that one moment when we're going to see Jesus for the first time. Everything you've ever imagined about the goodness of heaven will be minuscule in light of seeing your Redeemer Jesus for the first time. When you see firsthand the one who suffered for you, when you see firsthand the one who died on the cross for you, when you see firsthand the one who paid your sin penalty. When you see firsthand the scars of his suffering. When you see him looking into your own eyes. And you see Jesus for who he truly is. Friends, I believe we are going to be breathless. Heaven is also precious because our relationships are there. Listen carefully in Hebrews chapter 12. The author is describing heaven. And he says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Now that's going to be a sight, amen? An innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, get this, 
who are registered in heaven. Kind of sounds like you're checking into a hotel, don't it? Amen? But it's not. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Friend, when you leave earth, and when you arrive in heaven, you're going to be able to look up all your friends that have arrived there. You're going to be able to look up your family that's already arrived there. And you know, one of the hard things about growing older, now I don't know nothing about that, amen, but one of the things I've heard about growing old is that you begin to have more friends in heaven than you do on earth. Now, many of us have lost our grandparents. Many of us have lost our parents. Many of us have lost brothers and sisters. Many of us, sadly, have even lost our children. But I want to tell you something today. If their faith rested where yours rests, you know where they are. <laughs> Amen. They're in heaven. They're in heaven. And we can rejoice that one day we will be reunited with them again. Why? Because our relationships are going to be there. But heaven is also precious because our resources are there. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, Peter writes, Our inheritance is reserved in heaven. Our inheritance is reserved in heaven. You see, when you became a Christian, God became your daddy. Amen? And if God is your father, then you are one of his heirs. You are one of his heirs. And that means you have an inheritance waiting for you in heaven, at his dwelling place, in the father's house. Your inheritance, friend, won't be valuable because of the economy on earth. That's a good thing, amen? It's not valuable because of what's going on here. It's valuable because it's perfectly kept by the power of God. And friend, it will never, ever change. Heaven is precious because of our resources. But heaven is also precious because our residence is there. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, the Bible says that our citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven. That doesn't mean that we live there now. It means, however, that heaven is our official, permanent residence. How many of you know that we're just down here passing through? Some of y'all going to live to be a hundred and something. For a hundred years, you're just passing through on this planet. When Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. The literal translation there is that you must be born from above. You see, when you're born from above, your citizenship changes. Earth is no longer your official residence. Heaven is your official residence. You're just passing through. Heaven is also precious because our reward is there. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 12, Jesus told his disciples, Rejoice! And be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward 
in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. Now, some people say, that ain't very spiritual to be looking forward to going to heaven to receive rewards. But listen, God is big on rewards. He's big on rewards. He is a perfect father, and he knows perfectly how to motivate me and motivate you by giving rewards. He wants us to be more faithful. He wants us to be more usable. And so what does he do? He offers us rewards. Now, the amazing thing about the rewards that we're going to receive in heaven is the rewards that we'll receive won't be given for us to covet. They won't be given for you to put in your bank account, to put in your coffee can in your front yard. Amen. The rewards you're going to receive are going to be to place at the feet of your Savior, Jesus. To honor Him. To praise Him. To glorify Him. So all of your rewards will be about Him. But praise God. Heaven's going to be precious because your reward will be there. But heaven is also precious because our riches are there. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, Jesus tells his followers, Listen guys, don't store up temporary treasures on earth. Instead, store up heavenly treasures in heaven. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now the question begs to be asked, How do we store up treasures in heaven? How can I store up treasures in heaven? Well, the answer is kind of simple. By investing things on earth that transfer there. How do you store up things, treasures in heaven? By investing things in things here that transfer there. Namely, the souls of men and women, boys and girls. The Word of God and the human soul are the only things that will transfer from earth to heaven. Just two things. Everything else will burn up. Everything else is temporary. Everything else will fade away. The only thing that's going to last in heaven, to heaven, is the human soul and the Word of God. So what do we do? Well, we build treasure in heaven by building the Word of God into the lives of people who are living on earth today. So if you want to be obedient to what Jesus said, to store up treasure in heaven, you be about building the Word of God into the lives of your children, into the lives of your friends. Store up treasures in heaven. And finally today, heaven is precious because our reservation is there. In the next to the last chapter of Revelation, in chapter 21, verse 27, the Bible's clear in saying that only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life are going to be allowed in heaven. That's it. And if you belong to Jesus Christ by faith, if you belong to God through Jesus Christ, listen to me, your name is recorded in the book. And if you're not convinced today 
that your name is recorded in the book, I want to tell you that today is your day. You don't have to last one more day not knowing if your name is in that book or not. Listen, heaven is not a place that you're going to want to miss. But it is reserved. Reserved for those who are kept by the power of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So friend, if you've never asked the Lord to forgive your sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, do it today. Don't let another day pass. Be saved today. Make sure that you are assured, 100% assured that your home is in heaven and do it today. You can walk out of Bethel Homecoming 2022 knowing without a shadow of a doubt that heaven is your home. But it is your choice to make the reservation. Let me pray for you. Father God, we praise you and thank you that you even desire to have any one of us to live in the perfect place called heaven. Lord, I am so looking forward to it. And Father, I know it's going to be so precious for all the reasons that we've talked about. But Father, the thing that concerns me most, the burden that weighs heavy on my heart, the load that we carry day in and day out is knowing that there are many in our circle of influence that are not going there. So Lord, if there's anything that we should do, it should be to make sure that we share the joy and the incredible prospect of going to the Father's house in heaven. Lord, I pray with all my heart this morning that if there is one, even one, that is not assured if their home is in heaven or not, Lord, that they would have just enough faith, a mustard seed of faith, to take the one step my way. Lord, you'll carry them the rest of the way. And Lord, let me share what your word, your eternal word says about how their human soul can be saved from the penalty of sin. We don't want to share what a church has to say or what a preacher has to say. We want to know what you have to say about how we can be saved and dwell in an eternal home called heaven. Lord, you have your will and have your way. This is decision time for us, but glorification time for you. Lord, speak to the one right now that needs to come in Jesus' name. And all God's people say.